and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. At the conclusion of the shepherd's psalm, David expressed his deep desire to dwell in the good shepherd's presence. Are you at home with God? Are you comfortable in his presence? Because God is spirit, he is always everywhere. Theologians refer to this reality as his omnipresence. Rhetorically, David asks, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? In Psalm 23 and verse 6, David's thoughts come full circle, returning to his use of the personal pronoun. The Lord is my shepherd, he begins, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, he ends. In other words, home sweet home is with the good shepherd of his soul. I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. If you've ever gone house hunting, you've seen your share of starter homes, single family homes, even dream homes. But today, you'll hear all about your forever home right here on Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. My name is Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by. Well, in the last sentence of the last verse of Psalm 23, King David writes, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What did he mean when he wrote that sentence? For answers, stay with us as Ron continues his teaching series, Psalm 23 and Me, Living the Good Life with the Good Shepherd. Or visit somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you receive your podcasts. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as the lead pastor, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, My Forever Home. Well, these days, HGTV is the place where uh, many people go to dream about what we might call their forever home. We have any HGTV fans here? There are all kinds of uh, programs you can tune into where you'll find real estate experts and contractors and do-it-yourselfers who will show you how to make over your home, right? And, and make it into your dream home. Most of us, including my wife and I, have a growing list of features that you'd like to have in that home that you imagine living in for the rest of your life. It may be extra bedrooms, it may be a, a kitchen or bath upgrade, uh, some kind of customization, maybe indoor and outdoor spacious living. The list goes on and on and on. We all have a, in our minds this, this dream house, this forever home that we might build. Now a starter home is different than a forever home, right? A starter home doesn't have everything you could possibly dream of. It's a starter home. I remember, remember the first home that Catherine and I bought. Uh, we were newlyweds. We were living in Houston, Texas. The first home we bought was vacant. Owner didn't even live there. He lived on the north end of town. And it had burglar bars on the windows. Yeah. The neighbors were thrilled that this young couple was moving into the neighborhood. A nice neighborhood, the best street in the neighborhood, you know, a decent house, had good bones, all of that kind of stuff. They were thrilled that we were moving in and we were going to fix it up. And we became weekend warriors. I don't know how many trips we made to the Home Depot, you know. First thing we did was take the burglar bars off the windows. Whew, that freshened up the place. And then we painted the exterior, we painted the interior, we made some other improvements. It was our first house. It was a starter home. 
it wasn't our forever home. In fact, since then, we've moved several times. We don't live in Texas anymore. We live in Virginia. And we've, we've had several homes. Uh, we're, we're grateful for the home we have now, but it's still not our forever home. We still dream of, uh, you know, different uh, things that we would like to do and upgrade here and upgrade there. Sometimes we'll drive through neighborhoods together and, you know, see the sprawling this and the sprawling that, and we dream about our, our forever home. Something like a forever home, I think, is what David had in mind when he concludes Psalm 23. This beloved psalm that we've been studying, uh, slowly and phrase by phrase, and we come to the end, and David says this, and I shall dwell in the house of God forever. What exactly is David thinking about when he, he writes this? Well, we're gonna explore that a little bit, but I wanna start by just focusing on one word, and it's the word dwell. Did you know there are no less than nine Hebrew words in the Hebrew language that we find in the Old Testament that are translated dwell? Um, and this particular word that David uses suggests, as you might imagine, uh, that the word dwell means to sit down, to inhabit, uh, to live in. In our vernacular today, we may talk about our dwelling place as home sweet home, you know? Home sweet home. Catherine and I love to travel. And when we do, we might stay in a hotel, sometimes a nice resort. And these hotels and resorts uh, might do everything they can to make us feel at home. But I've never stayed in a hotel or a resort that feels like home sweet home. Dorothy was right in The Wizard of Oz when she said there's no place like home. I mean, imagine the most luxurious, uh, the most delightful resort setting. Still, there's, there's no place like home. That place where you just kind of settle in and you dwell, you inhabit, uh, you, you, you live in it. It just, it just feels like home. I think David had something like that in mind as he wrote the word dwell. I shall, I shall dwell and find my home sweet home in the house of God forever. He, he imagined it as his forever home. Now, if we go back um, centuries when David was writing Psalm 23, and we, we put our shepherd's sandals on, and we put our uh, you know, fleece coat on, and think like uh, sheep a little bit, at this point in the beloved Psalm, David envisions the seasonal return of the flock to the shepherd's homestead. Remember, we've been, we've been journeying with the sheep all along, and they've been traveling to different places, even through the valley of the shadow of death, as they were making their way up to the summer tablelands or the highlands. Well, after spending the summer in the high tablelands, the flock then moves down, uh, back down the mountain and heads home for the long winter because fall is coming. And uh, the torrential rains and the storms of the fall, they want to escape that. And so they begin the long journey home and the sheep return to their familiar corrals and the shelters owned by the shepherd, all right? Have you got the picture there? Have you gone back in time enough to kind of uh, understand the agricultural movement here in the psalm? But what exactly else was David thinking here? 
And how should this last phrase inspire us? I wrote down three things this week that inspired me as I read these words, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The first thing I wrote down, and I wrote this for me personally, Psalm 23 and me, I hope it's helpful for you. But first, I wanna desire, deeply desire, the good shepherd's presence. I think that's part of what David was saying here. He expressed his deep desire to dwell, to settle in, uh, to make him being in the Lord's presence like home sweet home for him. Begs a question, are you at home with God? Are you at home in the Lord's presence? Or are you uncomfortable in his presence. I know some people, and they may come to church, but it's an uncomfortable experience for them. They can't wait to get out the door. I remember that. I remember a time that I was far away from God during my college years, and I went to a church one Sunday, sat in the balcony way up there in the corner. It was an uncomfortable experience because I was far away from God. I was out of fellowship with him. Are you at home with God? Do you deeply desire to be in his presence? Now let's talk a little bit about the presence of God in the world today. Because God is spirit, he is always everywhere. Let me say that again. Because he is spirit, he is always everywhere. Theologians refer to it as the omnipresence of God. And if you hold your place here in Psalm 23 and go with me to Psalm 139, just up the road from uh, this beloved Psalm, Psalm 139, David eloquently expresses this theological reality that God is always everywhere. He begins with uh, a question, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you and the night is bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. What a beautiful and eloquent description of an aspect of the nature of God we call his omnipresence. He is everywhere, always. And David imagines in these words the possibility or the impossibility of escaping uh, the presence of God. He begins with two rhetorical questions. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? He follows it with four if propositions. And he begins to imagine, uh, if, if you please, uh, some travel excursions that he might take to high and low places. He imagines a, a travel experience to a remote place, the uttermost part of the sea. Can you imagine traveling to a place where all you see around you is water and you're all alone? And then he imagines a dark place. And in every one of these places, he realizes God is always everywhere. He cannot escape the presence of God. Now, David is not trying to run from God's presence. Jonah did. For Jonah, the presence of God and his omnipresence, the fact that he was always everywhere, was not a comforting thought to Jonah. He was trying to get away from God. But here, David finds a comfort in knowing that he cannot escape 
God's presence. So I ask you again, are you at home with God? Do you deeply desire his presence? And you feel when there is just something in your spirit that is not right with him and there's some distance between you and him. Maybe you're out of fellowship with him for some reason. Or maybe you've been away from church for some time. Maybe your schedule hasn't permitted you to be in the Lord's house. And you just feel some of that that distance, that withering of the soul. Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org and share your request with us. Our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore option at the top of the homepage and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You icon. While you're there, visit our digital library where you can tap into more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic and find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Again, that web address is somethinggoodradio.org. You can't escape the presence of God because wherever you go, there he is. Some people try to run from his presence, but King David relished it. With the rest of today's Something Good radio message, my forever home, here's Dr. Ron Jones. Also in Psalm 23 and verse 6, the latter half there, David comes full circle in his thoughts, doesn't he? And he returns to his use of the personal pronoun. Remember, this is titled Psalm 23 and me because there is an abundance of personal pronouns in Psalm uh, 23, starting with the Lord is my shepherd. He doesn't say the Lord is our shepherd, all right? He doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd or even the shepherd. He doesn't say the Lord is your shepherd. David is deeply, deeply personal about his relationship with God. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And then at the end, he says, and I, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He could have said, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He could have said, and they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But no, David is all about his personal relationship with his good shepherd here. In other words, home sweet home is with the good shepherd of his soul. Can you say that? Have you gotten to that point in your journey with God that home sweet home is in the presence of the Lord? So first thing I wrote down as inspiration to me is, uh, Ron, do, do, you, do you deeply, deeply desire the good shepherd's presence? And wherever you go, you know that he is always, always with you. Secondly, as inspiration from this phrase, I wrote down this, delight in going to God's house for worship. Deeply desire his presence and find as the greatest delight of your soul to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, if you were to do a study of that phrase, house of the Lord, Throughout the Old Testament, you would find more often than not, in an Old Testament context, it refers to the temple. And prior to the temple, the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the portable worship facility that uh, the Lord instructed Moses and Aaron to build and that followed the Israelites around the wilderness for those 40 years. Eventually, they built a more permanent facility known as the temple. And this God of the Bible, who is omnipresent, always everywhere, 
chose to localize his present, his presence rather, in the temple. And in some sense, David here is saying, I can't wait to get to God's house and worship him. He delights in that. Again, just up the road from Psalm 23, we run into Psalm 27 and verse 4 where David says, One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. There was nothing that delighted David's heart more than going to the house of the Lord and worshiping with the throng of God-seekers. And later he said in Psalm 122 and verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Is that the deep delight and desire of your heart? It is the best day of your week, the, the highlight of your week when you come to church. I know you expect a pastor to ask you that question and encourage you in that way. But take the pastor out of me, and I, I can tell you uh, the most, uh, well, the highlight of my week is when we're together in worship. Do you share David's delight in going to the house of the Lord to worship him? Now, certainly today, uh, the temple is gone. And from a New Testament perspective, yes, Believers in Jesus Christ are the temple of the Holy Spirit, okay? But uh, the, the omnipresent God of the Bible, who is always everywhere and who dwells in us in the person of the Holy Spirit, also encourages us as the sheep of his pasture and as believers in Jesus Christ to find fellowship together with other believers in a local church. In other words, solo Christianity. There, there's, no, there's no expression of that anywhere in the Bible. And the best that Christianity has to offer, friends, is in community with others. That's why you got to get connected in a local church and be here on a regular basis. I got to tell you, as a pastor of a local church, I'm growing concerned. I was concerned about it prior to the global pandemic. I'm even more concerned about it now, and that is the church-going habits of God's people. The national statistics prior to the COVID pandemic was that church-going people like you and me were actually physically in church, present in church, 1.4 times a month. And then the pandemic came, and you look around, and like most churches across the country, we're at a 50% in-person attendance as compared to prior to the pandemic. And what does it say about the delight of our soul? That we're prioritizing other things like amusement or recreation or travel or kids' sports than being in God's house. When David says, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, he's saying, Lord, I'm just asking one thing of you. He says elsewhere, just one thing. Can, can you just give me that opportunity to be in your presence, in your house, with God's people, all the days of my life? Like Solomon, he could have asked him for a whole bunch of stuff. Solomon asked for wisdom. God gave it to him. 
David said, I just, I just want to be in your presence. And there's no greater place to be in your presence. You know, Jesus says, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. We got more than two or three. But isn't it great to be in the Lord's house with other people who are passionately following after the good shepherd? David said in Psalm 84 and verse 10, listen to this, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. A day in your courts, in your presence, is better than a thousand days I can imagine elsewhere. He goes on to say, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. I remember when I was a young boy growing up in Indiana, I loved baseball. I played baseball, and I was pretty decent at it. My, 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 my parents had me in the baseball leagues as early as I can remember. Back then, it started in the Wildcat Leagues. I don't know if we have Wildcat Leagues today. And then I got a little bit older, and uh, we played Little League Baseball. I played for my high school team. I played, back then, for what was called an Elite Pony League team. I was playing baseball every chance I could get. But I remember one season, at the start of the season, I missed the first nine practices on my Pony League team. My coach calls me up, as you can imagine, beside himself, because I was the starting shortstop and one of the pitchers in the rotation. He calls me up and he says, Ron, are you planning to play baseball with us this summer? I said, yes, I am, coach, but I can't practice on Sunday because that's when I'm in church. That was my response as a teenager. You see, I loved baseball, but I didn't love it more as a teenager than being in God's presence, in his house, with his people, and came that close to getting kicked off the team. Do you delight in the Lord's presence, or do you despise it? As David himself wrote in another Psalm, Psalm 34, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Thanks for being with us for this Wednesday edition of Something Good. Today's message is part of Dr. Ron Jones' teaching series, Psalm 23 and Me, Living the Good Life with the Good Shepherd. Look for it under the library tab at somethinggoodradio.org. Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it, it can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. The two-volume set covers the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, is now available as a two-volume set covering the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments. For a gift of $50 or more, request your copy of the set. When you order the print books, you will also get unlimited access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The digital library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight eBooks. 
to order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volumes 1 and 2, Through the Old and New Testaments, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Such a great addition to any home library. That's The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Request your copy of both volumes today at somethinggoodradio.org. Here's Ron with a preview of tomorrow's message. My concern for a lot of us is we're, we're so focused on earthly things, we're never homesick for heaven. We're, we're so settled down in this life, oh, this, this is my home. I gotta build my forever home right here. Don't forget that in the Old Testament, Abraham pitched his tent, but he built his altar, not the other way around. That's tomorrow when Ron shares part two of his message, My Forever Home. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and all of us here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.